Hi everyone. Welcome to Best Thoughts. I'm Rick Johns. And I'm Will Johns. And today we are talking about the need for certainty. That's right. And Will, I am very certain going into this podcast that at some point you will screw up. <laughs> oh boy. Well, you know, I, I think what that really is an example of, Rick, is false certainty, which we're going to discuss a little bit later in today's podcast. <laughs> Are you certain that that's false certainty? I am. Uh, I am certain that that is false certainty. Ah, all right. Well, I've got to admit, when we put this down as our first topic and those basic core human needs, I was a little skeptical because I identify more with the need for uncertainty. That I feel more strongly. And I was reflecting on that this week, Will, and I realized part of that is because I have been blessed to have a lot of certainty. But mm. then I realized if I look back at my life, when there are times of uncertainty, when I'm going through trials and unexpected things and, and bad things that have happened to me, then I can really see that need for certainty come out. And I have a good example for you. Okay. When I went through the divorce and I had to move out and my whole world was just falling apart around me and I was trying to figure out what's coming next and how do I handle this and how do I navigate all this, I noticed something. It took me a little bit to notice it, but every single day I found myself obsessively cleaning <laughs> and, and I couldn't even control it. It was just like, oh man, this bathroom's dirty. I better clean this up. Oh, my room, I gotta, oh, I've gotta organize this. I've gotta clean behind here. I've gotta fix that. And I just couldn't control this need. And I, I couldn't even stop myself once I realized I was doing it. I was like, but no, it needs to be clean. It's not clean. It's not perfect. It's not in order. It's not. And I just had this compulsion and I recognize now my life was in complete chaos. I had no certainty at that mm. moment about anything that was coming or my future, how this would play out. And so I just poured myself into those little things I could control. You know, Rick, that makes perfect sense to me uh, when we think about this need for certainty because it's a need that we feel most strongly when we don't have it. Yeah. And, and when we do have it, we might even forget that we even have the need, period. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember a, a time in my life when I was facing financial uncertainty. Mm. And, and my finances, I, I really wasn't doing my due diligence to track my spending and, and do a budget or anything like that. And, and I remember writing a check to a, to a close friend and it bounced and just how embarrassing that was. <laughs> and, and, and fortunately, somebody came along just at that time and kind of pointed me towards Dave Ramsey's book, Financial Peace. And I read that and I got some sense of control over my finances. And then I started to feel much, much better about my financial situation because I finally had some certainty there. Yeah, and that's that innate need we have for this we need that certainty that things are going to be okay certainty about finances 
Uh, I think a lot of people will, uh, we see as pastors, especially when their health goes out, mm. suddenly they're plunged into great uncertainty. And so much of what they were taking for granted, what they were certain about is now uncertain. And so there's that real need, especially during times when our health is failing or we're facing maybe even a major disease. Or during COVID, we've had quite a bit of uncertainty yes. during the pandemic of the last year and two, uh, trying to figure out, wow, are we safe? How do we be safe? And you see certain people really going to great lengths to try to be certain they can be safe. Well, and I think another word that goes with this is security. Mm. We want to feel secure. We want to feel safe, like you just said, is a good word. Um, there's one other thing that, that goes along with certainty as well that, that is one of the benefits of having certainty in your life, and that's action and confidence. Without certainty we are not going to take action on something. So I, I remember about seven years ago when I came to you, Rick, for some advice, you had been doing some P90X workouts and you'd figured out some of the best workouts for uh, working out your upper body. And I wanted to figure out what those were. I wasn't willing to do an entire P90X <laughs> workout, 90 minute workout. But I, I was willing to do some of the exercises. And so you showed me exactly what you thought would be the best exercises for me to do and the most effective. And guess what? I'm still doing those seven years later mm. uh, because I had the certainty, like, if I do this, it's going to work. Yeah. And guess what? I did it. I took the action and it worked. But without the certainty, if I'd been debating like, well, should I do this exercise or that, or maybe this other one, maybe I'm wasting my time, maybe I'm going to hurt myself. Yeah. If I'd had all these questions, I would have never got going on a workout that I would probably didn't really feel like doing in the first place. Right. So certainty becomes kind of foundational to motivation. Mm -hmm. And that's good to be aware of because I, I think we don't always notice that. And maybe one of the reasons we don't exercise or don't do a diet or don't change a certain pattern or don't balance our checkbook <laughs> uh, is because we're afraid or we're not certain about whether it will bring us any benefits or it'll be worth it. So that's a really good point. I think that's really helpful. Yeah. And, and Rick, um, when we were talking about this earlier, you mentioned a story about a friend of yours who, who recently was looking to buy a used car. Mm -hmm. And uh, tell us more about that, because I think that applies. Right. Same thing this. as your exercise, where he found this car, it looked like a great deal. It's a used car, so you're never quite sure. But he flew out of state to go purchase this car. And when he gets there, he's examining the car in person for the first time and he sees some oil dripping off the bottom. Oh, boy. So immediately his certainty goes to uncertainty. <laughs> and now he's like, oh, my goodness, you know, maybe I don't need this car or want this car. What if it's got some major problems? I mean, oil can't be, oil leak can't be a great thing. And so he decides the only way he'll buy this car is if the owner would agree to let him take it to a, a mechanic that could look at it. And so he did, and they agreed, and the mechanic looked and found the leak and said, oh, it's just something really minor. Uh, it's not going to leak much at all, but it would be easy to fix. 
And so then he had certainty and he bought the car and drove it back from out of state to where he lives. So the certainty led to that action, like you're saying. Yeah. And so I think, I think it's super important for us to realize that if there's any change, especially that we might be trying to make in our life, maybe it's physical, maybe it's spiritual, maybe it's relational, maybe it's financial, maybe it's a career change of some sort. We need to get certain in our minds if we are going to take action. And and if you're not taking action in an area in your life, you'll probably, if you if you now, with us drawing this to your attention, you'll probably realize your mind is asking all these questions like, do I really want to? Is this a good idea? Is this a mistake? Maybe I should just stay where I'm at. And, and those are the types of things that will get in the way of action. And so this, this is a key distinction that you can make to help yourself to take action in certain areas of your life that maybe you've been holding off yeah. um, because of a lack of certainty. Right. And so getting more information, talking to friends, there's a lot of kind of healthy ways that we can address if we're trying to make some change and we know some change needs to be made, we can kind of gather information, gather the data, so to speak, that we need to say, okay, I think I've got enough evidence here that I'm pretty certain this is a good decision. Yes. Now, next week, we'll talk about how you can probably never be 100% certain. (laughs) So you're going to have to live with some uncertainty, and healthy people learn to do that. But there's there's many benefits to certainty, and we've already mentioned most of them. Like, it helps us take action. It gives us confidence. It gives us that sense of security. But I also want to talk about what certainty, certainty can do for us emotionally and spiritually, And that is, it gives us a sense of calm Mm. and peace. We feel like we're going to be okay. Yeah. And so there's, there's that sense that, that all of us, it's a, it's a profound human need to just want to feel like I'm safe and I'm going to be okay. And of course, Rick, that's been challenged in the last year and a half as we've been battling against COVID. Yeah, absolutely. And Will, you just briefly mentioned the spiritual aspect and benefits of certainty. And I think this one is huge because for a lot of people in today's world, spirituality kind of gets put in this either or category, kind of like, well, either I believe in science and I'm really intellectual and therefore I get all my certainty from science and from all of our modern data and studies and research. And then spirituality is like the realm of the uncertain. Uh, And I think that's a big mistake. I think there is enough evidence for definite strong pieces to spirituality to be part of our lives and to be certain in those. Now, Mm -hmm. can I be absolutely certain about who God is? No. Can I be absolutely certain about the future? No. But what I am talking about is having core values and spiritual beliefs that you can just build on. Yes. Because what I see in the church is a lot of people when they grow older, maybe hit their 30s or even 20s, go off to college or something, all of a sudden they throw 
all spirituality, all religion out the window and they're left with nothing. And they're actually pretty miserable. There's a lot of uncertainty, too much uncertainty and nothing's right or wrong. There's no direction. There's no purpose. Why am I getting up every day? And I feel like we have a whole host of people in this world today that are anxious, stressed, depressed, because they don't believe there's any certainty in any kind of spirituality or religion. Mm, mm. And they're, they have no foundation. There's nothing that they're building on. And, and that's exactly right. And that, that leads us to the, the final section of today's podcast, where I want us to talk about unhealthy ways to meet this need and healthy ways to meet the need. So we'll end on an up note and we'll, we'll end on the healthy ways. But first, Rick, what are, what are some of the unhealthy ways that, that we could fall into attempting to meet this need for certainty? Well, I think isolating ourselves is a big one because mm. we're scared of the uncertainty of relationships and people and people are nothing if not uncertain. Yes. Unpredictable. <laughs> unpredictable. <laughs> uh, any of us that have lived for any amount of time on this planet know you cannot control or predict another human being. You can do your best, but something will usually happen to uh, surprise you and or catch you off guard. So just that loner mentality, getting caught in a routine that is, you know, unflexible and therefore missing out on things that might be important and beneficial and a blessing, but, you know, you got to stick to your schedule or you got you can't miss a day of work or you can't do this, you know. Or a, or a friend invites you to do something fun in the evening and you're like, no, I have to go to bed at 9, 9 p.m., you know, and right. you miss a fun relational connection. Just that inflexibility. Mm -hmm. um, I think we've seen it during this pandemic where some people with that need for certainty and safety and security have really isolated themselves to the degree that it's probably more harm being that isolated than it is the risk yes. of getting the virus. Um, and that's, of course, debatable, but it is something that is often overlooked by those craving certainty. Uh, substance abuse, any of the kind of addictions can create kind of a false certainty. There's, there's huge pitfalls. Well, every night I come home, I drink, I watch TV, pass out, start my day over again. Um, that's a way to kind of isolate yourself from uncertainty. But boy, there's a lot of downsides to that. And I, and I think uh, any kind of mindless scrolling on the internet, whether it's social media, whether it's a news site, whether what, whatever your interest may be, but that mindless scrolling is tempting for this need for certainty because I'm in control of it. I'm in control of what I'm clicking on. Yeah. But in the end, what's, what's gained by that? You right. know, what, what am I really getting out of spending time just kind of mindlessly scrolling social media or the news or, you know, is that really a constructive uh, way to meet this need for certainty. And it, I would argue that it's it's not because it leads to isolation and, and kind of a numbness that, yeah. that tends to happen. At least I've noticed that in myself. I remember just not too long ago hearing a study on pornography and saying how from a psychological perspective, they felt that many people, especially men, would turn to pornography 
to substitute for real relationships, to feel love, even though it's completely artificial. But mm. again, if you're afraid of the uncertain, then pornography becomes this certain thing you can go to. You know it'll be there. You don't have to worry about anyone, anybody breaking your heart or you know any relationship faux pas. You don't have to worry about rejection, being vulnerable, sharing anything of yourself. And so it becomes a very cheap substitute for something that is a little scary, for sure. And that's a very profound point that you made, Rick, that when we meet um, the need for certainty in harmful, addictive ways, in unhealthy ways, to me, one of the greatest pitfalls we could fall into is false certainty. And, 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 and what you just mentioned about pornography fits that perfectly. It's, it's a fantasy of how I want the world to be. Mm. that is not reality. Yeah. And and I can create this or let someone else create it for me and then I believe it and share it. Yeah. And 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 ingest it, so to speak, or or consume it. And we see that right now with the with the proliferation of conspiracy theories. And so I can I can believe whatever I want to believe about COVID, for instance. And, and I just, it doesn't have to fit reality at all. Right. And, and so, you know, so we have individuals who say, you know, well, I don't have to live my life in reference to COVID because I don't want to. I don't want to worry about it. God yeah. will protect me. And then they get COVID and die of it. Yeah. So they have this false certainty that leads to action that is very dangerous. <laughs> yeah, and that's such a great point, Will, because I remember working uh, with a church that rented from us a long time ago, and this church was very charismatic, and they believed in prophecy, and they believed that their members would prophesy every week. And I noticed a couple things. One, they also believed in prophetic uh, healing, like miracles, mm -hmm. and the pastor of the church had a heart attack. And so the members are like, oh, and this happened at church. So the members said, well, we got to take him, you know, to a hospital, call 911. And he said, no, no, I, God will heal me. God will heal me. Oh, Pray. Boy. So they started praying for him. They took him home. And from what I understand, he lasted about 12 hours and then died uh, and never received any medical treatment, never went to the ER because wow. he was his false certainty that yes. God would heal him only miraculously like God couldn't use the doctors apparently, had to miraculously heal him, led him to his death. His son takes over the church. Now that his dad has died at like 64, his son takes over the church and they begin a building project. Now they're renting from us because they don't have a building. So they start raising money and he starts telling me how God has revealed to them that this new building is gonna be a light on a hill and people are gonna flock from everywhere. And, you know, I just kind of say, uh-huh, whatever, you know, I'm, I'm not real concerned with what their prophecies are saying until the day they move out. They built next door to us. They had bought land next door to us. They build next door to us. And I notice it's taking a long time for the building to go up. And then I start to hear rumors that they, they don't have money to finish the building. So I start talking about that. Well, eventually they get the money to finish it. It takes a lot longer than it should have. Eventually they move out. And I'm just kind of 
half keeping my eye on them to see what's going over there across the street. And next thing I know, about two years later, they seem to have disappeared. And I go and call the guy and he's like, oh yeah, we, you know, we had a bunch of families move away and unfortunately we just couldn't pay the mortgage. So we just, you know, the bank foreclosed on us. And here mm. he was, he had all this false mm. certainty mm. that this building was gonna, you know, as soon as they built it, God was gonna bring all these people. But what they did is they took out a loan way above what they should have based on prophecies, I guess, that were made at their church. And so this false certainty got them in a lot of trouble to the place where now they had nothing. They lost everything when if they had been a little more into reality and not so needing false certainty, maybe they'd still be worshiping today. Maybe they would have taken yes. longer, raised more money and done it as you know a more logical way instead of this belief in this false certainty. So it's something that's a pitfall that we really have to pay attention to when it comes to this need for certainty that we're not fooling ourselves and and claiming certainty about something that just isn't going to happen or just isn't true or isn't real but there are healthy ways that we can meet this need for certainty and and, and the first one we're going to start with we started mentioning this last week uh, and that's faith in God, having a relationship with God. You were mentioning it earlier, Rick, about how people kind of let that go and 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 put um, faith and spirituality in the realm of uncertainty. Yeah. But it's actually a great way to meet the need for certainty. Yeah. And again, I think the Bible, for instance, can become a real foundation and the Bible itself deals with uncertainty, and it encourages us in uncertainty and in certainty. Mm -hmm. The Bible seems to in, uh, kind of intuitively know that we have this need for both, and it addresses both. And, and other spiritual books and teachers and authors, I think, also talk about these things. So you can kind of find that balance, which I think is so huge. But if you just throw religion and spirituality out, I think you end up in this huge pile of uncertainty, or you, again, go to this kind of false certainty that, well, science will have all the answers. Well, guess what? Science is a long way from having all the answers, and I don't think it ever will. Well, what I'd like with turning to faith in God, especially in highly uncertain times, is that I have a sense of certainty that God is with me no matter what I'm facing. Mm -hmm. And and I get that by spending time with God in, in quiet moments, in silence and solitude. Um, I got that throughout the pandemic where I would go for a walk in the morning and just be in nature. Yeah. And it's like, like God could speak to me through the calm and peace of nature mm. while the world around me was in chaos and, and disorder. Yeah. And so... It's a, it's a powerful thing to be able to turn to God whenever we're facing crisis and when life is just going fine. We can, there's a certainty that we can get from our relationship with God, kind of no matter what we're facing. Yeah. Uh, but I want to move on to another one, Rick, that has been profound for me as well. And it, it's something that, that God has used in my life to bless me with certainty, and that is exercise. And, and Rick, you probably handled this one even better than I have, so tell us 
How does exercise help meet the need of certainty? Oh, for sure, because it does benefit all areas of your life. It's not just a physical benefit. It's also emotional, mental. You can look at all the studies, but I think most of us just know when we take some time to exercise, walk, run, work out, there's so many benefits, and it just provides a structure and a stability it works out a lot of the angst and stress and anxieties that we have through the day or even traumas. Uh, I felt that trail running was a legit therapy for me going through the divorce and working out the grief and the pain and the hurt and the anger. And mm. it just is something about kind of getting it out of your body because uh, your body tends to store, I think, a lot of this trauma uh, that happens to us. So exercise can provide something certain, especially at times when everything else is uncertain. Yes. And it's a way to kind of release anxiety out of our body and stress and worry as we, as we push ourselves to um, engage in some form of physical exercise. Mm -hmm. um, but the other thing that I think we can do is we can plan our schedules wisely and set up healthy yet flexible routines to also help make, meet this need for certainty. Yeah. As much as possible, we could try to get up at the same time each day. We could try to, to go to bed around the same time each night. Yeah. Um, one thing I've recently done in my routine is I felt convicted that I'm going to set down my phone and basically disconnect from all of my devices at 10 p.m. No device time before I go to bed. And that, that creates that sense of certainty. Like now I know, hey, that time to unplug is coming in my day and I look forward to it. Hmm, that's good. I do think routine and structure is absolutely crucial to meeting this need. In fact, to me, when I look at the need of certainty and how we're wired as humans, this is the most crucial piece because I see a lot of people today and myself, I've fallen into this category, just living kind of by circumstance, letting circumstance dictate mm. and they're just reactive. They react to life and their lives are chaotic and they're trying to maintain a family and deal with kids and their job and they're just reacting, reacting, reacting running, you know, like a rat in a rat race from one thing to the next thing, but never having any sense of certainty or security or ownership of their schedule or their time. Just to interrupt for a second, I think this is even more crucial for children. Yes. In their developmental years, you know, like zero to 12, I think it's absolutely essential. So parents, if you're listening, even if it feels a little rigid to you, your child needs that structure and routine to be as much as possible the same every day yeah. as you can make it. Yeah, and they've proven for children that's how they feel loved because mm. that makes them feel safe when you put that container, when you put that structure around them. Hey, here's our rules. Here's We're going to go to bed here. We're going to get up. We're going to eat these things. We're going to exercise. We're going to whatever. Sometimes they'll make us feel like we're a terrible, cruel parent. But in their hearts, kids know, especially as they get older, well, my parents doing it because it's for my best good. And it is good that they care. So it, it provides a lot, but we need it as adults. 
Yes. Um, I just see too many adults that just kind of hand over their time, hand over their money, hand over everything just to whatever life hits them with. And we've got to get back in the driver's seat and say, okay, hold on. I have this structure and I'll be glad to do things within this structure. But outside of that, I can't let the world dictate how I live my life, how I value my health, how I spend my money, how I use my time. I need to take responsibility for that. And if you're living in a chaotic family, you have to find ways to find your own structure and maybe talk to family members about how can we all get on the same plan here. And, and I would say that the schedule and routine are what allow you to live your values and your priorities. Exactly. You schedule the priority number one. And yep. so when you put these healthy ways, you know, time with God, time for exercise, time to eat healthy food, when you schedule that, you're making sure that your priorities are going to happen. And that's a way to, to bring some extra certainty into a chaotic and uncertain world that we live in. For sure. And it may take a, a counselor to help you if you feel like your life is really out of control and you just don't see any way to bring it back into a manageable state. Get some help. And on, on our uh, benefits or healthy ways, we also think about good friends. Mm. So you can talk to your friends and you can say, hey, I'm struggling with this or I need some thoughts or can I talk to you about what's going on in my life? That's the benefit of good friends to kind of encourage us, support us, help us maintain a good, healthy certainty and structure. Yeah, good friends will, will kind of reflect to us. They'll help us so we're not uh, following an illusion or a false certainty. Mm -hmm. um, and so they can, you know, if they're people that we trust and respect, we see they're living healthy, wonderful lives, we could say, you know, that person can reflect back to me and, and help me think with more clarity about what I can be certain of. Agreed. So Will, I see we're coming to the end of this episode. What would you like to say to our listeners today about this need for certainty that you would like them to take away and understand i think the, the the thought i'd like to leave you all with is that when you commit to these healthy ways of getting certainty you're going to get all of the benefits of certainty action confidence security sense of calm with none of the pitfalls mm -hmm. and so that's one of the power of what we're doing as we go through each of these needs is that each week we want to give you the healthy way, some suggestions. Now, now our list is not comprehensive. So you could come up with another hundred ways of a healthy way to meet this need. And that's fine. But we want to point you that direction so that you can avoid the pitfalls and the harmful ways of meeting this essential need that we all have as human beings. Absolutely. And I think for me, just recognizing this need Number one, if you don't have enough certainty, I hope you'll take away from this podcast. You know what? That's why I'm so stressed or anxious or why mm. I'm struggling. They're right. I need to create some more structure, some more certainty. And then the other thing, and this is a segue to next episode, is that if we can get this certainty right, it lays the foundation so that we can then start taking risks, mm -hmm. good risks good 
chances, you know, good choices that may not have 100% certainty, but are something that can benefit and bless us. So we need a certain level of certainty in order to even embrace some uncertainty. Exactly. By meeting this need, we set ourselves up to effectively meet our need for uncertainty, which we're going to be talking about next week. Absolutely. So join us next time. We're going to be talking about our second most fundamental need, that need for uncertainty. So I don't think you'll want to miss that. You've been listening to Best Thoughts with Dr. Will Johns and Dr. Rick Johns. Thank you for joining us today. I'm certain you're going to want to join us next week as we talk about uncertainty.